Hello, and welcome to another uh, quarantine edition of Scions of the Southland. Uh, Jake and I are uh, recording from our childhood homes. This is, uh, is a bit of a weird spot for us. Uh, as always, I am Akshay Schwarin, and like I said, Mr. Jake Grant is joining me from Chicago. Now, Mr. Grant, how are you doing today? Doing fine. Uh, I left my house to go get uh, pick up dinner, um, and they're doing beer takeout, so that was interesting. And uh, other than that, you know, keeping on, keeping on. Got to, you know, figure out how we do senior design without us all being able to be in the same place. But other than that, you know, just trying to graduate at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, Atlanta also has that too. Um, if I was so inclined, I would totally try that out. Alas, um, I'm not particularly inclined most of the time. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we look at the calendar here. We have uh, not not podcasted in a month. And to cut right to the chase, the sports world has kind of come to a complete halt. Um, In about two weeks after we we last recorded. And it's kind of unprecedented. And honestly, when we sat down to do another episode, we really didn't know what to do. What you yep. say? Yeah, I, I think uh, we were talking about doing one because I had a midterm and then was going out of town for a swim meet that week that we skipped. And then the next week was the week that everything went well uh, Tell It went sideways. Yeah. Sideways. It, it's and a little hard to have a, a sports podcast with no sports. but It's especially can... hard to have a spring sports podcast when all of spring sports get canceled in a five-day span. Yeah, whether you whether you like to watch them or you're like me and you had a Nationals meet coming up or whatever, it's, it's a tough time to be in this little corner of the world. But, you know, we, we, we do what we must. We are going to podcast about something. What will yeah, be, and... we don't really know. But we will get you your content. We'll, we'll we'll get some content. Like I said, it's the alternative content hour. It's it's the quarantine hour. Um, and honestly, like, look, we could talk about the virus in depth. We could talk about the impact that it's had on the sporting world um, and our communities. And I think there's loads of possible content that many people smarter than us could probably do on this. Honestly, but at the same time, I think. A lot of us, uh, a lot of you, come to from a rumble seat for entertainment and and to get away from real life and and to, you go to sports to get away from those stresses in real life. So I think our job is to continue being that grounding point and and continue being that you know that source of fun, that source of entertainment. So you know, I th- I think that's what our plan should be for today. Yeah. Um, I, I do have one comment and, uh, this is something I just realized that I was sitting here, um, in terms of my, uh, gainful employment over the coming summer, it was a really bad time to choose to go from the packaged single use, uh, private label water bottle manufacturer to the aviation industry. But, oh, yeah. uh, that things are going great. <laughs> hey, you know, Jake, as a wise man once told me, stonks only go up, you know? Yeah, fair enough. They only go up, and if they go down, well, they only go up. Well, um, in the meantime, 
we will uh, get back to what sports we got, I guess. Are we, are we going to rip off uh, Pardon My Take first? Oh, we're absolutely going to rip off Pardon My Take. Let me, let me introduce ourselves. So let's talk. So at, at this point, the academic year is over. Well, the athletic year is over. The academic year, judging by Jake's test schedule, is not over. Um, so let's talk best moments from the 2019-20 athletic year. Mount Rushmore style. We're going to do it snake style. Jake, why don't you start off? Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, I think the first one's easy. And as much as it breaks my heart uh, to not say a non-rev sport being, you know, me, I have to go with the win against Louisville in basketball. Um, came into the game uh, not not expecting a lot because we had played them pretty close the previous time out on the road. But just one of those things where – uh, at least as a, a student and a fan in person, I was there just ready to yell and I guess do what you can for the team and just see some good basketball. You know, uh, previous year out, actually previous two times they'd come to Tech, it was uh, not great uh, to watch, uh, but uh, but they definitely put out a better show um, for for uh, that wasn't the last home game. I think it was the. It was like the last the big second game. to last. It was like there were they a had couple left. I think there was one with Clemson left. Yeah. There was one versus Pitt left. Oh, it was and, the last. And, yeah, it was the last big boy game. You know, like yeah. that one, that was the last chance Tech had to like prove themselves, I guess. And then they went out and got the best win since I've been a fan. Uh, granted, that's only like five years now, but you know, it's. I'm sad we didn't get to storm the court, but it was it was a well played game. It was a little bit of an ugly game at stretches, but I mean it's Georgia Tech basketball. If if you want them to win a game, you have to make the other team play this brand of passenger ball, which is you know, and it helps us. It's that like Iowa. Play. It's like watching Iowa play football. Like yes, you, I I honestly it is like when. I, Passner in those wins that he has over good teams, he's figured out a way to play defense to bring that other team down to his team's offensive level. And at a certain, from a certain perspective, it's a very interesting theory and a very interesting thing to watch. But also, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not good. It's not like great basketball to watch. It's not great entertainment. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm somebody who really appreciates. The small ball in baseball and the triple option in football. So I, I rather like seeing, you know, our guys diving on the floor for a ball or, you know, Alvarado getting nine steals in a game. Um, it, that that kind of nitty gritty stuff. Cause I think that, sh- and I guess my reason why I already always like the triple option is, was it was like a smart brand of football. I, I think, you know, Georgia Tech may not play the most elegant. You know, the razzle dazzle Steph Curry Davidson 08 level. Hi, Josh. My my brother so is commenting. Yeah, it's a uh, Akshay. What's the buzzword for the for the offense? Uh, NFL I, style elite pro. Yeah, yeah. The the high powered the the yeah pro style. The I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm just riffing here. Uh, it it's more pass based than the triple option was. Well, yes. I mean like. But isn't pro style more like run? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, well, no, well, it depends on what you mean because the pro style has evolved over the last couple of years. Now we're just yeah. getting into a theological debate at this point. A theological debate. Uh, last time we had a theological debate, we were talking about Luther and Calvin, but continue. Hey, Luther, Calvin, Pop Warner, John Heisman, same thing. <laughs> yeah, same difference. Um, but no, I, I guess the best way to put it is you don't run it every single Yes, we do not run it every single play now, but we're not bombing the ball down the field. All right. Bye, Josh. <laughs> to our listeners, that's my brother. Um, like I said, or like Akshay said before, we're at home. Um, but I, I think Pastner makes makes his players play a very brainy brand of basketball. Especially, Wow, that was hard to say. Say <laughs> um, that three times fast. Don't actually do that. No, I'm not. Um, but, uh, but, you know, he makes them scrap and get on the floor, and he's always changing his defenses. And and the, the con of that is he often has a quick hook and doesn't let his players get in the groove or make mistakes. But, you know, like, there's pros and cons to everything. I rather like the 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 passner ball kind of uh, scrimp and save. And I think that's what we saw in Louisville is we made them play an ugly game. We shut them down. We played good basketball but good Georgia Tech basketball, you know? Yeah. All right, let, let me let me pivot here to give my first pick. So I'm going to go with the uh, volleyball NIVC, NBIC, I don't, I don't remember what it was called, uh, championship win at South Dakota. So I, I think we, we sort of were texting back and forth during this one. Um, this one was at South Dakota, so we were watching this on some – I mean, it wasn't bootleg, but it certainly was. I mean, it was a student-produced South Dakota stream. Um, I think I was on a bus the entire time during the third set uh, uh, back on the West Coast. Um, I mean, this was a really fun game because you had Tech take Tech take set one in a pretty close matchup. And then South Dakota takes set two. Tech t- then takes the next two sets in extremely close fashion to close yep. out the game. And honestly, for it, you don't like you look at that box score or you look at that three one line and you you think, okay, this is like okay, this is a dom like a more or less a domination. Like okay, they dropped the one set, but they probably were fine. Like they're probably pretty good and like seven plus points up on the other team in the other two sets, but. This one was a cover-to-cover, like, very dramatic outing for Georgia Tech Volleyball in a really, really impressive season. Um, and it, in many ways, it, like, this one game encapsulated everything about this team in four sets. And, and I, yeah. I think I enjoyed that part the most. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. Um, I was actually home for that game. Um, but. To watch, uh, to watch, I, I've learned a lot about tennis in the last like year and a half. That's been my goal as like a sport that happens on campus that I never like would call myself an expert on before as like something to learn about. And Ethan Kreger, who's from the Rumble Seeds, resident tennis expert, Podcast said to host me, emeritus. "Yes, um, said to me that you can see the line six two in in a set for tennis and go, wow, that was domination, but it was really." could only be decided by four or five points and it's like a close game. And I think that that volleyball uh, match was a perfect uh, exhibition of that kind of uh, 
that kind of philosophy in like a, in terms of volleyball and tennis being scored in like a like a point set map you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i think on top of that just to build on what i was saying about this being an encapsulation of the team like we saw a lot of things that this team did really well throughout the season south dakota was actually able to counter some of them yeah I remember mm-hmm. there was a, there was an entire stretch where we were texting back and forth where Mariana Barbia was getting shelled the entire game. They they knew that they they had found a weakness in her game and they had started picking on her. But no, like there were rarely was there another team during the course of the regular season that was able to do that. South Dakota in this championship game, also another team that was left out of the NCAA tournament because of strength of schedule was able to pinpoint that and take advantage of that and keep her out for stretches during the, the middle portion uh, of this match. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's a really good point on how they, they feasted on Mariana Brambia's defense. Cause in, in 2018, Georgia tech uh, on the backs of freshman Brambia and freshman Dowd jumped out to a 13 and 0 start. Right. And people were like, Oh my gosh, like maybe they're the real deal. But Georgia tech, uh, not has always, but at least in the last couple of years, has played a real soft beginning of the schedule. And when you throw two prime prospects out there, you're going to beat the Long Beach states, the Idaho states, the uh, South, South Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, and uh, and I think the biggest change from uh, last year to well, I guess 2018 to this year that we just got over is that. Unless it, it takes a really good team to kind of feast on her the way a lot of average ACC teams did uh, her freshman year, and I, and I think uh, that combined with her just having so much more faith in her shot, like you knew if it was Brambia on a jump out of the back row that that thing was going to hit the ground in in the square. You know, like mm-hmm. it was going to be effective, and turning her into a two way player that was kind of the the epitome of that match. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's keep going. I think you still have you have a couple more volleyball selections here. Next up, okay. Um, well, now 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 it's not a snake draft, but um, yeah. Uh, where were I we? I lied. Oh, okay, I don't know how these things work. I'm a, yeah. I'm an immigrant. All right. <laughs> uh, take take your next one. That's how the snake draft works. I mean, I mean, okay. I you had a perfectly good. Uh, uh, alley oop right there, but okay, I'll take it instead. All right, okay. my second pick here was uh, Presley Harvin the third's touchdown pass versus Miami. And I think this whole moment in that game is perfectly encapsulated by the corner that was covering the receiver that was streaking down the field on this play, just quitting on the uh, on the route. He just he just ran out of bounds. He stopped. He knew that the ball was in the air and just stopped running. <laughs> Which every time I watch this play, I will notice and it just boggles my mind as to how how he got away with that. How he thought that was going to be okay. And and yeah. not and that like this complete like this isn't to take away from the fact that our punter <laughs> effectively beat by like Considering the in the end of that game, our punter effectively beat Miami on a touchdown pass. It, yeah, it, 
Like there's like a level of just comic absurdity to this that puts it on this list for me. Yeah, I've uh, I've never been a football player, but I gotta imagine when coach says in practice, "All right, boys, we're gonna break out the trick play, trick plays." That's gotta be a that's gotta be a highlight, and to actually get to put that on the field, you know, like that's not saying that defines his tenure at Georgia Tech, but if if I said to somebody the Presley Harvin pass everybody's going to know what I'm talking about for the next 40 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and just to build off of what you're saying about the trick play, so I was listening to a PAPN, I think this was a couple months ago, when they awarded the Peisman. Um, they awarded it to, a, to an offensive lineman at an NAIA college, I think in Illinois or Iowa. Um, and they, they did an interview with him, and he was like, yeah, we, we practiced this like once or twice during the year and it was super exciting to get to like, it was super stressful to put this into action and like knowing exactly what to do and who I was going to throw it to and what reads to make. But it was super fun to actually put this into action and have everything go mostly right. And that's, I think that's probably the same feeling that uh, Mr. Harmon had here, like seeing the corner out of nowhere, just die on this route <laughs> hey, while the ball is in the air, it has to feel pretty good. Well, you really can't draw it up any better than that. So. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Uh, on to uh, back to volleyball. Um, also, can't wear them out with talking about volleyball for 10 minutes straight. But um, this one kind of segues uh, from one to the other. And I think the, uh, the besides, you know, winning the, NIVC, the defining, uh, I guess, uh, aspect of this team was its consistency. And especially over the last two months, they lost one game. And that was the greatest volleyball match I've ever seen. Uh, live, like not high school, not, you know, you know, like that, that's the one. Um, and it was, uh, a relatively unheralded Georgia tech team going into number two in the country, Pittsburgh on a Friday night packed house to essentially take them down to as far close to the line as you can go and lose, right? Georgia tech won two sets in Pittsburgh and then lost the last set 15, 13, which was insane. Uh, and then, you know, that, 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 that loss is probably what kept them out of the tournament, but they didn't wilt. They came back from that and won every game from that through the rest of the year. And I think that's best exemplified against the next best team they played, Notre Dame. Uh, they played them at home. Uh, they had lost on the road earlier in the season and went down two sets to one and were down in the fourth and rallied to win in front of a packed O'Keefe. And if you have never been to O'Keefe, when that place it's is small, full it's and loud. small and loud. It is yeah. un- it gets unbelievably loud. Yes. If you're in a tight set or a tight match, at O'Keefe, there's not a better sporting environment, maybe anywhere. I, I would. This is somebody who. That's a that's a tall wager. I I I, yeah, I mean, I'll give it to you on campus. It, fine, but I'll give it to you on campus. Not this isn't to this isn't to you know put down the atmosphere at O'Keefe because I love it and it's like I, I mentioned this in a in an article the other day like. There have been magical, magical games at O'Keefe. 
that during my four years of tech. It isn't to like denounce the atmosphere at all, but but when you're like, I mean, it, it's the best on campus. I don't think you can extrapolate further than that. Is what I, I'm trying to say. I'm I've always been somebody who has been into the non-rev sports, and I've always been somebody who's into the off the beaten paths. So I I, I tend to hyperbolize. Um, oh, I'm aware these things, but I will say the the I don't know. You just I, I feel close to people in a tight game at O'Keefe more than going to a good Atlanta United game or going to, you know, I've seen Cubs playoff baseball at Wrigley, which is incredible. And honestly, for my own sentimental value, probably ranks higher than that. But I don't know. There, it, there's just something, you know, you're in a special place. You know, it's it's that playoff baseball at the Rusty C. It's that Atlanta United's going to win a cup. It's that, you know, the Cubs in the playoffs. The Everybody has that tie where sports go from just a thing you're watching to, you know, that, that, that transcends just the, the, you know, the physical action of hitting the ball and winning the game and stuff, you know, it's where you're in. I mean, it's where you're in the action. You're ensconced. You're, you're just in this massive wave of emotion that's cresting throughout the arena. And I definitely agree. I I agree with you there because I was not I mean I wasn't in the house for this volleyball game because you know I moved but I was there the previous year for the Georgia game and that was a similar atmosphere to the one that you're describing and and I I think you you and I remember that one pretty pretty vividly because that also went to three, that also went to five sets and that was also a close win and the atmosphere there was just unimaginably awesome yes um and i this is a bold take and a bold departure from georgia tech sports but i would very much wager to say that death valley uh the clemson one i've never been to the baton rouge one gives a very similar kind of ethereal like like everybody's very bought in you know you you Mm -hmm. Not to hate on... Well, okay, well, that's also Clemson being a cult, but continue. Yes, the orange cult, in the same way that you go to any, like, Power 5 conference championship for swimming, swimming's a cult, or, you know, your Illinois State basketball. Like, in this, when, when you have things that... Not to hate on casual fans, but... and when you have things where everybody's clearly so bought in, you could, you can tell the difference now in the United center in Chicago versus 2009, 2010, 08, before they got really, really good. You know what I'm saying? The the Cubs 2015 versus 2016, 17, that, that kind of, uh, uh, collective angst, you know, it's yeah, a it's I, a shared struggle, right? I, I think yeah. even beyond, and and we should get back and talk about volleyball and finishing up. But the it's a it's a shared struggle, right? The the and and I can relate to this because in MLS Cup, uh, when I was there, you could feel the tension in that building. Yeah. You could feel everyone thinking and knowing 
an Atlanta sports team has screwed up every single chance it has had at a major championship other than 1995. And that like existential tension is just, it, it just permeates the room. It permeates the stadium. You know, yeah. everyone is riding the exact same wave of emotion. And to, to tie this back to, to the volleyball game, and, and at least in my case, the Georgia game was the exact same way as that. You, you felt, especially after, the, well, I mean, the 2018 one, I want to say that Georgia game was not super far past the, uh, the football one. And so you felt th- like that, the overload or, or like the overflow of angst from that game and anxiety from that football game in this building and in this moment. And I, it, it seems like the same sort of wave of emotion carried over from the pick game into this Notre Dame game. Yeah. To, to tie it all back together. Yes. Um, and I think, I think for our more casual fans out there who maybe don't have any interest in volleyball or don't have any interest in, you know, like playoff baseball or something like that. If you're, if you look for that parallel, the best place you're going to find it is the Thriller Dome when Duke is in town. Because that is the one monkey that we cannot shake in basketball and will fill up the stadium no matter what. Oh, you'll fill up the stadium and students will come out and students that are not Duke fans. And there are Georgia Tech students that are named Duke fans. It is very strange. And you um, it's gross. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. But but <laughs> if you if you don't care for if you don't care or if you don't know about Duke and UNC or all that, you only know about Georgia Tech, man. You come out for you come out for that Duke game and you hate Duke. You hate Duke. It is a rowdy, rowdy atmosphere. Yeah. And 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 I guess that, that gets to the point of why why aren't students fans uh like that same invested in like that Louisville game? You know, like by all by all logic, it should have been the same crowd. Louisville is just as good this year, if not better than Duke. But it's, I, I, maybe it's proximity. Maybe it's, I mean, we played them in football for almost 90 years in a row now. I'm surprised there's not more of a rivalry than there is, but it's, it's the, the existential aspect of it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and for the Louisville game, I think it's, and, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but it's, it's those, for the, for that game, it was the near misses. I, I think that sort of, um, I don't know how to describe it. Sort of made a dent in that emotion. Um, it sort of an exas. It was more of an exasperation than an anxiety. Uh, if you get what I mean. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, all right, let's let's keep let's keep the gravy train rolling here. All right, let's let's pivot. Stay in the uh, I guess talking about schools from North Carolina sphere uh, and the women's sports. We're going to go to women's basketball versus North Carolina. This was on the road, North Carolina um, State. In North Carolina State, sorry, this was on the road. Um, I can't say that I watched all of it, but um, in in kind of I, I tried to relate all my picks to a, like overarching themes: the passenger ball, the the volleyball transcending, you know, the the sport. But I think my biggest concern as an honor of sports guy coming into this year was basically nobody had any idea what to expect from Nell Fortner. Nobody had any idea what to expect with 
our top two players transferring to a team that was already a juggernaut. And then you go out and, uh, uh, and you defeat a top five team on the road uh, in their quote unquote year of destiny. Right. And, and granted we, we had another shot at them and did not win the second time, but you know, we, Nell Fortner proved this year went 20 and 11, probably would have gotten NCAA bid. Maybe sort of, we don't, we'll never know. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she went out and proved that she can coach as good as the rest of them and put this team in a place to succeed even more than it did last year without as much talent as they had. So boom, there you go. And I, I think both of us had a little skepticism when her hire was announced, right? And I, I'm pretty sure we said it on an episode of this podcast last spring. We were like, okay. Her her history, her resume is interesting. She was coach of the women's national team. Well, it, it it honestly does not take a super genius to coach uh, like a team full of superstars, like the like the U.S. women's national basketball team is. She was head coach at Auburn uh, and had you know a, a mixed career. And I think both of those points made us hesitant, made us uh, skeptical of buying in. But I think now she went, I mean, she went nine games over 500. Mm-hmm. There was like quite a few impressive wins in, in that set. And also a couple of near misses too. I mean, you yeah. had that second swipe at NC State that I'm pretty sure was close. You had the the first game against the top 15 opponent, which was uh, Texas A&M, which was close. Um, had Wake Forest, should have had UNC. You know, there's this, there's a lot of the Virginia Tech overtime game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take okay, so like you take three more wins, you, and you you take three of those losses and turn them into wins, and you're looking at not only a tournament team, but you're looking at a top like top four, top three ACC team this season. I'm pretty sure. Something like that like is that. wildly successful. That's yeah. that is wildly successful. And look at the recruiting class she has coming in. Yeah, it's not, I mean, like, look, it's not going to be number seven like it was in uh, in 18 or 17, 18, yeah. whatever it was. But it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. You got four four-stars coming in. That's, that will, that those are plug-and-play quality at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and I hate to say something this early about next year. And I need to stop getting high or not. <laughs> I need to stop being high on our teams. Um, I mean, those are more or less the same thing. Continue. Because, because every time I go, oh, this is the, this is the year. This is the year they're going to break through. This is, this is the one. They Fate they really don't. bites you. Yeah. Uh, I said that about softball this year. And granted, they were just finding their group. They found what worked for them now. Akshay, don't. From where they started, they were finding a groove. Um, but uh, no, I, I think I said something about cross country having an even better this year, year this year too. But so I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna go that far. But I am, I'm hopeful, and I think that they could do good things for us uh, next year. Okay, let's yeah. let's pivot again, but we're gonna stay with NC State. So my third pick was <laughs> this part was comical. This this one was the funny part. 
sweeping NC State in men's basketball and football. Which I mean, football is one game, so hold your comments. But going th- three and zero, and effectively what, like four and one across what football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and well, yeah, those three against a single school is awesome. And Kevin it. Keats is a uh, Kevin Keats is confirmed not a winner, folks. We uh we beat him in basketball last year too. At the end of the year, you know Moses. Uh, Moses Wright's big uh, breakout game too. It's it's been a good uh, fourteen fifteen months to play against NC State if you're Georgia Tech. Yeah, and you know I'm not. There's not really too much more depth to this one. I just really wanted to have a laugh at the Wolfpack's expense. Um, oh, we showed him in volleyball too. I forgot about that. Okay, and we'll make it five and one. But I, I just really want to have a laugh here at, at NC State's expense because. Man, I mean, to be – look, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This Georgia Tech football this year was not good. And to lose to that team, ooh, that takes some effort. That, that really takes some effort. I'm, I'm not sorry about that. Grit, toughness, accountability. Something like that. Let's – all right. Last What's pick for point? me on the board. To, now that I've gotten the meme out of the way, let me, let me get to the actual serious topic. The last pick on the board for my round, the Mount Rushmore of Georgia Tech sports things this year is the funding or the speed at which we've acquired funding for AI 2020. That program is, I mean, the, the funding goal for 125 million is due at the end of 2020. And we, the last time I checked the numbers, we are on pace to blow well through that. Um, I think at this point, it's, I mean, it's March 2020, and we are like 15, if not like five or 15 million away from that being fully funded. Yeah, I mean, the the market trends recently are gonna have some people. Jake, stocks only go up. Stocks only go up. Should have shorted. Uh, Should have shorted oil when I had the chance. Womp womp. <laughs> Oh well, but I but I think it's still it's still notable, right? I, even if you yeah. have a bull like bull market aside, uh, bull and bear mark now bear market aside, you you had Todd Stansbury in two and a half years, honestly the better part of two, if not less, whip up massive amounts of of support for uh, honestly a once financially ailing athletics program. I I don't think that the I I don't think that the financial issues for the program under uh, the, the form, like the, the previous athletic director, they, it's not like they weren't public. Like they're, they're pretty well known. I mean, like th- there was a point at which Paul Johnson was quoted as saying like, look, we just don't have the resources to compete. And, and that's true. Like you can effectively buy wins in football. There, there's a pretty proven correlation between that. Um, and, now that we have all of these resources at our disposal, I, I think this sets up really nicely for the next five to ten, et cetera, years, right? And I, I think things are, are really looking up for what this program can do, not just on the football field, not just on the basketball court, but, but really holistically as we look at you know, each student athlete as, as not just the athlete part, but also as a person, like how much... 
like their scholarships are going to be fully funded. They're going to get uh, like their entire education fully funded and more students are going to want to come to tech because of that better athletes are going to want to come to tech because of that. And it, it's really going to pay off uh, yeah. for in the future. And not, again, pulling the non-rev guy card here, you're going to see the most improvement in swimming and track and cross country and these sports that weren't fully funded before that now have the resources to go out and say, Hey, don't worry about the scholarships. We got it covered to say, Hey, like we used to pay you head swimming coach six figures a year, but no, uh, the Bergmarks, if you didn't know the, that position got completely um, endowed as well. So there's that much more that's not on the books for Todd Stansbury to have to set aside you know, cut a check over to Macaulay. So to be able to do that, to kind of untie that hand that's been behind their backs for so long, uh, plus all the resources that are going to be in the new edge building are going to be, you know, the finest in the whole country. And it's going to be not just your nutrition, but it's going to be your academics, your training, your, the spaces to do the marketing and the, the stuff to put, not just oh, the and, and that especially. Okay. Let's yeah. let's 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 point that out for a second. Let's stop on that dime. There is no room in that building. <laughs> they no, have had to build more. They've had to like build more walls to like to make more office space for people. I think at one point two years ago they cut Todd's office in half to make more space for the uh, for the social media department. Yep, and then they put up another wall in marketing too, right? I think. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. There's no space in that building. That building desperately needs a Reno, and it's very close to having it fully funded. Also, side note, a lot of the floors are like half levels off and stuff. So just making the space that they do have more efficient will be – because, you know, they they only have that corner. One of the things that drew me to tech in the first place is the, you know, the tight campus feel, the the fact that you, bam, you walk out of the the east side of the stadium and you're on Britain lawn and not – Miles and miles of parking lots. Oh, the uh, so you're not so you're saying the brutalist Soviet architecture of the Edge Building wasn't doing it for you? No, wow, that was that was number two. It was a close number two, Um, (laughs) but uh, but no, like there's nowhere else for them to go but up and to make the space that they have better for them. And after 40 years, they're going to get a space that is that's good again. You know. Because when yeah, it was built, they, it was the finest in the land, you know. But that's just how times change, you know. That's why that's why we don't have the same. That's why the Kuhn Building isn't the ME Building anymore, you know. Sorry, Guggenheim, but like you got to. That's why they built Klaus. That's why they built the Biotech Quad. It's the same principle in academics and research as it is for athletics. Yeah, the only. I mean, my only qualm about. Now that we're talking about the edge building, is that man that that intersection is going to be a complete cluster until that construction gets finished, and that that I I really hope it gets done in a single off season or at least phased in in like in two off seasons because who boy that's gonna suck for any of the freshmen living in those dorms right next door. Yeah, uh, random question I just thought of. Since baseball season is canceled, does that mean they can start on that construction? Uh, I mean, I don't know about the legality of it, but technically, yes, probably. Um, 
there's probably, I mean, now that Atlanta is under a shelter in place, probably not. Yeah. And I'm sure that construction is not regarded as essential services. Um, probably not starting construction anytime soon, but I'm sure uh, post in, in a post Corona world, we will be seeing that started uh, in haste. Fair enough. All right. All right. My last one. It'll be quick. Um, closing out the season with the win for the first time in many decades um, was great uh, this year in Clemson in basketball. Uh, but for personal reasons, I put this on my list because it is the 36th game I've seen away from campus slash the home venue. Oh, man. I know why this is. I didn't know what it was when you put it in the document. And now I remember. So Please continue. I'm not going to ruin this. I'm I'm a long cursed fan uh, of specifically the Chicago Cubs, uh, our chief among my woes. Um, in fact, for <laughs> for uh, all of 2011, 12, 13, 14, and 15, I saw 36 Chicago Cubs games and did not see a single win. Uh, the odds of that you can do the math yourself, but uh, very small. Um, and I still have the ticket stubs to prove it if you want to fight me on that. But um, anyways, um, between the 12 football games I've seen either at the Benz or away from campus, uh, including bowl game, uh, the basketball games, the uh, one volleyball game, the baseball games, um, the and then the away Chicago Cubs, Blackhawks, and Wolves games I've seen, I was 0 for 35. Uh, again, astronomically small odds. Um, until the first weekend in March, uh, swim club had a meet in Clemson on Saturday. So we went up Friday for, to watch the basketball game and support the team. And, uh, they won, uh, it was a pretty good game. Tight came back. No complaints about that, but, uh, now I'm one for 35. So, uh, just, just because of the relief that that was, that makes my, uh, make, makes my top four. Yeah, that one was. I mean, I, I don't think I watched that game either, honestly. But uh, to to break your dry streak here, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good one. I, and to close out the season with a win, uh, like I said, like you said, not going to complain about it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of demon shed, and this is where I plug once again Clemson. I promise I'm not a Clemson fan. Um, I, I don't like them as an organization, as a school. There are one of our big rivals in swimming just you don't you don't need to hedge we, we believe you um but making the trip up to clemson for away games be it football or swim meets or basketball is a very good good drive perfect length nice little town it's very different atmosphere than georgia tech and i think like the lake is a nice atmosphere and it's like it's all on one street so you kind of got the you know where to go if you're going to go out and it's kind of self-contained the SO Club is great for a meal. If you're looking for a place to get out of Atlanta to go to for an away game, 10 out of 10, recommend Clemson. And the people are 90% really nice. Don't worry about the 10% that are absolutely so mean. But like, it's a very hospitable place and a very like enjoyable place to catch an away game. So, so check it out. I would recommend it. Duly noted. I will, uh, I will put that on the list next time I am yeah. in town. <sighs> All right. All right. Fin next. Finish up with your honorable mention here. Oh, uh, honorable mention, I, I think women's tennis deserves a shout-out and probably men's golf too, but we already all knew that they were good. Um, women's tennis cracking the top 10. Uh, 
in a year that I honestly thought they weren't going to be too good. Um, uh, got a couple great wins, um, knocked off top 10 teams. Yeah. Great year around. Good. It's not, it's nice to be pleasantly surprised. We don't get to be that a lot as sports fans. I think like we either Atlanta based sports fans, especially, but it's never like an unexpected, pleasant surprise. Like the year the Cubs won the world series, we knew they were going to be good. The year the Blackhawks won Stanley cups. It was like, all right, we have Kane and we have Taves. Okay, like, see this. This is how this is how I know you haven't lived in Atlanta for that long. Well, I mean, I'm never not going to be a Cubs fan, but uh, we've talked but, too much professional sports on this podcast. But anyways, it's nice to be completely taken by surprise and be like positive. You know, usually when you're surprised in sports, it's because something's gone horribly wrong. At least in my experience so i don't want to talk about that um moving on (laughs) let me let me give my honorable mention uh this sort of builds off of what jake is saying to an extent the near misses versus duke and louisville by men's basketball this season they were tough they were gritty games like we were saying passerball bought brought duke and louisville down to Tech's level and really made them fight for it. Like in many ways, Duke did not come out, was not supposed to come out of McCamish with a win. And I, I bet you coach K will agree with that sentiment. Um, and, and Louisville in the rematch didn't get a win. They got completely shut down. Jordan Nora, uh, supposed player of the year candidate for the conference had like two points and two like game actions total. Mm -hmm. It's, they did very well in those games, and obviously moral victories don't count on the stat sheet. But, I mean, I would give them ones. Like, I would give us wins for those. Like, sure, points obviously matter the most. The scoreboard is the most important stat on the court. But you can't tell me that those efforts, those performances did not deserve victory in both of those cases. Yeah, no, I uh, I would agree with that. I got not much to add, but sounds good. 